Well, Milestone, I, I just want to tell you, uh, I mean, I've probably been fumbling all over my words anyway. I'm just so proud of you. I mean, just watching that video. And, you know, we can, I, I've, I've got a lot of great ideas at times. Well, I, let me rephrase that. I have a lot of ideas at times. <laughs> Not a lot of great ideas. The team lets me know. They're like, that, that's a good one. So I'm, you know, maybe 30%, you know. As a team, we'll get a lot of ideas. What if we did this? What if we did that? Um, but really, at the end of the day, without a church family that's willing to mobilize and be the hands and feet of Jesus, they're just ideas. And you, you made that happen. You served people, loved people, rallied quickly. Um, and a lot of that was gathering by just simply text and email and just getting the information in front of you. Some of you, I have your phone number. Uh, some of you are wishing I didn't have your phone number because you've learned real quickly. If I've got access to you, I'm going to let you know, hey, we got something going on. You want to be a part of this. We need you to be a part of this. You don't want to miss out on this. So you probably got a text from me at some point letting you know about what was going on. But I'm so proud of you because, again, What's amazing about all of that is how, yes, we served people, and that was, uh, that was an impact, and that was amazing, but what really gets me, how quickly you mobilized, how you said, hey, I've got stuff, I've got the, I want to be a part, let me jump in, what can I do to serve, uh, between cars on site, uh, the Salvation Army warming, warming station, and uh, the uh, nursing home, we distributed about five and a half pallets worth of water, and uh, which is pretty phenomenal, uh, and it was amazing to see. We had an 18-wheeler here. Uh, you saw in the video, Convoy of Hope, and uh, we had 18 pallets. We got 10 of those pallets. Uh, two, we had two trucks, big old uh, trailers. We took 10 pallets down to our Keller uh, campus because Keller, Hazlitt, North Fort Worth, all that area has been significantly impacted by lack of water and needing to boil water. And so we were able to get water there to that campus. We had eight pallets here. We still have water to be able to serve. You may be wondering when you walked in, why do we have pallets of water in the commons? Well, one, to let you know what we had an opportunity to do yesterday, but also to let you know, listen, one of the most simple and easy ways you can be a blessing and serve people around you, just take a case of water. Take a case, you go, I've got a neighbor, i got a few people in my neighborhood, get a case, get two cases, go. Be a blessing. Bless someone, help them, be a part of encouraging them, and just again, God was so good, provided all these resources, and you were the hands and feet of Jesus, making the bride of Christ shine bright. I mean, it was amazing. So proud of you. I love all these pictures. Uh, one of the things I love the most is just how families were out here together, serving being a part, kids, I mean, they were, kids were fired up trying to, they couldn't even barely lift these cases of water, but they're like, I want to help out. I want to put a case of water in someone's car. So many people were blessed. I actually got a text uh, during worship <laughs> about uh, a, a really neat story. There was a lady that lives across the street. Many of those complexes have been impacted. They've had all their water shut off. So we had a lot of people that came over from there. And uh, she had said, uh, she was talking to Mason, one of our guys that, that serves here, and uh, had said, I've been wanting to come. I've been watching online. I love the music. I want to be a part. I wanted to come and get a seeds book. But uh, when I came, the building was closed. So Mason came in, got her a seeds book, took her a first-time guest bag, gave her a Connect card, talked to her about taking those. I mean, the whole thing. I was like, that brother, he's on it. He got it. I mean, just get just. And she said, thank you so much. You just made this the happiest day for me. 
And uh, she said, I definitely will be back. She said it was just a blessing to get water. She was worried she wasn't going to be able to go to work when work starts this next week because they still don't have water. That was you. And you just mobilized. You jumped in so quickly this past week, or actually even earlier in the week, uh, there was uh, the city had turned a couple of locations into warming stations while many people were without uh, without uh, power. And so Hall Library downtown was one. And so Jeff and Chris jumped in, provided uh, food and water for them. Jeff had a, a, a four-wheel drive vehicle. So he's like, I can get out there. Chris does not have a four-wheel drive vehicle. Okay, this gentleman right here. But he's from Ohio, as you can tell by that, that hat. I'm not sure what that is on there. Lord, help him. Touch him, Lord. But, but he's from Ohio, so he had two-wheel drive, but he was out there. He's like, this is no big deal. It's like Tokyo Drift. We're out there. We're just sliding. I was with him. I was like, man, he, he was like, he was like, he did at one point. He said, man, maybe we should just kind of pull the handbrake real quick and just kind of do dimes, like slow down, okay, easy, tiger. Pastor's in the car, let's just go deliver some water, okay? But it was a mate, just hopped in. This was on Tuesday. He didn't have any power. I don't think Jeff had power. Jeff is like, I got two cases of water left. Who can I give it to? That's you, Milestone, amazing, amazing. Daniel and Natasha, they hopped in. They heard about an elderly uh, individual at Town Creek Apartments right up here. It's a retirement community. Couldn't get out and uh, couldn't get any uh, groceries. Daniel does have a big four-wheel drive vehicle, as you can see. They went shopping, got groceries for this individual, took it to him. Bless, just amazing. Willing to jump in, hop in. And then yesterday, this crew taking some water down to a uh, the rehabilitation center and nursing home. They had actually been without water since Tuesday. And so we were able to provide them with almost half a pallet worth of water. There were others in our community that had blessed this facility as well. And again, I love it. Just getting involved, serving. This guy right here, firefighter, he had already worked a long shift, came back up here and was serving kids in there. It was just amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus, and I love it. And I, and I want you to know that we, I know that we're, we're not out of it just yet. Uh, the truth is that people are still going to be impacted. You may be impacted. So here's what I want you to know is that you can go online, milestonechurch.com backslash help. You'll see it right above me. If you go on there, you can click. If you need assistance, if you need help, I was just talking to a couple at our first service. Uh, she has a friend, uh, the lady that attends here has a friend who's a single mom, and uh, she's had busted pipes. And so I said, hey, send, share this with her, have her fill out the form. And so if you have a need, fill out that form. We'll start our missions team. We'll start aggregating that information. If you want to be a part of helping, you may go, well, I'm not real good at like, you know, doing sheetrock or plumbing. You know what? You can probably do demo. And before you do sheetrock and plumbing, you got to demo the sheetrock and the plumbing. So if you'd like to be a part, you're going, hey, I have some different windows that I can be a part of helping. Again, we're just compiling a list of those that want to be a part of helping. We're not out of it just yet. A lot of people are going to be impacted over the next coming weeks. And we can continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus to show the love of Jesus to people in our city, in our community. Thank you for being you, Milestone Church, generous, loving, I love it. It's amazing to see what God is doing. So open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13. We're continuing in our series called Seeds. And uh, if you're new uh, with us or this is your first time with us, I want to introduce myself. My name is Chris. I'm the campus pastor here at Milestone McKinney. 
honored that you've joined us. As Alex said, one church, multiple locations. We have our main campus in Keller uh, with our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff, our Hazlitt campus. And then you're with us right here in McKinney at our McKinney campus. And we're thrilled that you joined us. I'm so glad that you're here. And if I, like I said, haven't had a chance to meet you, I'd look forward to meeting you after service. We're honored that you joined us today. And uh, we've been in this series called Seeds. And you may be wondering, Seeds, we're doing a whole series about seeds. Well, as we've been learning and we've been looking at Matthew 13, we've been looking at the words of Jesus. Jesus has been sharing with us about the parable of seeds. In fact, we're going to look at the third parable that he shares with us in Matthew 13 about seeds. The Bible talks a lot about seeds. All throughout the Word of God, from the very beginning, it's all about, you can see the principle of seeds, the seed of the Word of God, the seed, Jesus Himself as the seed. All these things, all throughout the Word, we can see this principle. And so we could, pre- we could probably preach months on just this principle of seeds and what that looks like and how that impacts our life. And so we're going to dive back into Matthew 13 and we're going to look at this and look at the words of Jesus And what he says, and and Jesus is using this technique called a parable, which is essentially taking a story and communicating a principle in a way in which people can understand. Jesus did this often, and so we're going to look at these things. And the reason he did that is because oftentimes the principle that he's sharing, people often didn't have context for what was really going on. I experienced that this past week. Have you ever experienced where you're in a group of people or you're in a situation or a circumstance and either you yourself recognize you have no context, no bearing, or those that you're with really have no context, okay? I experienced that this week with my children, okay? So Sunday, all right, we we, we all joined online, watched service. Late Sunday night, power goes out. We were all right. We slept in our room. Everyone slept where they normally would Sunday night. Then Monday comes, and you're online, and you're noticing. I'm seeing people post on, you know, social media. McKinney, Texas, negative 2. Anchorage, Alaska, 16. Yes, it was colder here than Anchorage, Alaska, you know, and everyone's going, what are we doing? You know, snowpocalypse, snowvid, snowmageddon. I mean, there have been all sorts of names about what we experienced. Other people from up north. I was actually talking to a, a couple that was here at the first service. That she was, he's from Chicago, she's from Anchorage, and they were like, honestly, we were so excited about this weather, we couldn't wait to get out. I kid you not, she showed me a picture. Their truck is pulling two kids on inner tubes, and their son is snowboarding behind it as they're coming down there. They're like, we're living for this. This is our best life in McKinney, just going out and about, and, and it's just crazy. And so Monday night, we don't have any power. You know, it's cold in the house. Thank goodness we've got a gas uh, fireplace. So we're sleep. We're camping, as my kids like to say. We're sleeping in the living room. Wendy and I are on a sofa. Kids are on the floor. Got the gas fireplace going. Tuesday night, we're there again. Okay, I love my couches. They look great. They're awesome. Okay, they're comfortable to sit on, not to sleep on. All right, that's the reason why it's a sofa. It's a couch. All right. And so at that point, I'm just kind of done. I'm like, I'd rather bundle up. I did hear someone actually slept slept in a in a ski bib. I was like, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll sleep in a ski bib in my room. At least I'll be on my bed. Okay. My kids, no context, no context. Tuesday night, fire's going, lights are out. It's like 9 o'clock, right? Go to bed. What else are you going to do? You're not staying up for any other reason. Sun goes down. It's like my kids go, Dad, can we do this like once a month? 
I said, do what? Like cut the power off and sleep in the living room and just have be, you know, light and heat by the gas fire? No, I want to sleep in my bed. We're not cutting, you know. Why do they say that? No context. They don't realize, oh, the power's out. They, I mean, they, all they know is there's snow outside. This is awesome. They love it. My kids have eaten their weight in snow, okay? They're just in the backyard. They're loving it. They don't have any ski stuff on. Some of them do. Some of them don't roll around. Their clothes is soaking wet. It's like, you know, uh, it's got like icicles on it, you know. They don't care, you know. They're just having fun, eating snow. I said, we do have a dog. Stay away from the yellow snow, okay? Just be careful with that. I mean, they, no context, And that's where many of us are at times. As we look at God's word in Matthew 13, Jesus knows that, and that's why he's sharing what he's sharing here in the garden. You see, there was a garden in the very beginning. And it was a perfect garden with perfect people. A perfect garden with perfect people. But something happened in Genesis 3, you see, because there was a tree in that garden. And that tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, do not eat of this tree. Now, why would he use those words? Because here's what he was helping them understand is really when you begin to take from that tree, when you begin to eat from that fruit, from that tree. Now, again, where does a tree begin? A tree always begins where? As a seed. Okay. Every tree begins from a seed. And he's saying, don't eat from this tree because really when you do that, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm trusting in myself. If I gain the knowledge, if I gain the information, if I can aggregate all the things that I need to know, then I'll know what's best to do. It's our own human effort. And to this day, there's many of us that still eat from that tree. Doing our best, working as hard as we can, but it's in vain. Because it's not like we just got done singing where, God, I'm trusting in you. It's, no, 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 I'm trusting in myself. And so through the words of Jesus, we're going to look today at a different tree. That old rugged cross, the tree of Calvary that brings transformation. We're going to look at a different seed, the seed of Jesus and what he does in transforming who we are. And we're going to see the difference between the two because there is a difference See, because what begins to happen is when sin came in in Genesis 3 because Adam disobeyed God. Adam and Eve disobeyed what God had asked them. Sin comes in. Well, here's what began to happen is now within the garden, there's weeds. There's weeds. You see, if you don't plant the right seeds in your garden, you don't even have to try. Guess what you're going to get? You're going to get weeds. You're going to get weeds depending on the seeds. And as we've learned together, as we've been taking this journey, if you don't like the fruit that you've got, change the seeds that you're planting. You see, because whatever you plant, you're going to get. You plant the wrong seeds, you're going to get weeds. You're going to get weeds. You don't have to try hard. You don't have to work hard. But that's what's going to begin to happen. And that's what Jesus is talking about, Matthew 13 Verse 24, we're going to pick up here in the words of Jesus. It says that Jesus told them another parable. This is the third parable in this chapter about seeds. And he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And he went away. What is that weed? It it is sin. It, It is the enemy who came. And sowed those things. 
Verse 26, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? Verse 28, and the enemy, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? Very much human nature. We see things we don't like. We see things that aren't that. Let's just go. Let's just rip it up. Let's pull it up. Let's just get rid of it. Just recognize. Look at what Jesus says. He said, no, 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 no. No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. You see, sometimes we get so dialed into the fact that there are weeds. We see weeds. It's amazing how we see weeds in everyone around us. We see the weeds in our spouse. Weed, 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 weed. And you start wanting to rip it up. Let's rip it up. But what does Jesus say? Whoa, slow down. He's a lot more patient. I can remember learning this and and recognizing this. As I read this, I see it in my own life. I remember Wendy and I, we've been married about two years. And so I'm like, man, I want to do this husband thing right. And I want to be godly. And, and, you know, I'm reading the word. And, you know, your wife is, you know, there's, there's kind of an analogy, an example of your wife is like a garden. So tend to that garden, you know. And then you got John 15. And there's like a vine. And, and, and you want to prune the branches that, 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 that bear fruit so they bear more fruit. And you want to cut off the branches that don't bear any fruit. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a gardener. Wendy, love biscuit. She's a garden. I need to tend to that garden. So I'm getting in there. Guess what I'm doing? I'm cutting and pruning. And she comes in one day and says, slow down, big boy. You coming in here like Edward Scissorhands. You cutting things that don't need to be cut. You pruning things that don't need to be pruned. I'm in there. I said, you're right. But that's how we live. We see things we don't like. We see things that are happening and transpiring. We see the weeds And we just start uprooting, uproot, uproot, uproot. And if you're not careful, what you begin to do is you begin to uproot with the weeds. Jesus is a lot more patient than us. Verse 30 says, let both of them grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it in to my barn. So he's saying here, listen. I'm patient. Let's hold on. There, there will come a time where we're going to separate weed and wheats. The wheat that's there and the weeds that are there, we're going to separate them. There will be a time, but just wait. Now, I love as we've been looking and reading in Matthew 13, you don't have to go to a commentary to get someone's explanation of what's being said in the word. Jesus gives us the commentary. And so let's look at verse 36 as he begins to show us what does he mean by this parable. Verse 36, then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Verse 40, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will come and send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. 
They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Whoever has ears, let him hear. You see, this is a principle. This isn't the first time that Jesus has said that. This isn't the first time where he said, whoever has ears, let him hear. You can have ears, but not be hearing what Jesus is saying. He's speaking to the root of the matter, the root of the matter right here. He's going right to the root of the issue, and he's addressing this. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is a little bit, you may be going, man, Pastor Chris, this is an intense scripture right here. This is it. And, and I know you may be thinking, are we, we may already have this is like illustrated sermon here. So you're thinking, I'm pulling off an illustration. We planned it that way. We didn't. That's what happens with technology. It's like, it's like I'm not like, am I at a rock concert? I'm living my best rock concert dream. What happened? That thing, someone unplugged that thing. I don't know what's happening. I saw Jonathan come down. Normally he's in the sound booth. If I see Jonathan walking where he's not supposed to be, something's probably not happening the way it should be. So it's not an illustrated sermon, although I guess it could be. Um, you know, and, and maybe you've been in an environment where it was like that. You're going, I knew it. I knew it. That little preacher, he's going to start preaching hellfire and brimstone. You know, and you've been in an environment where it was an illustrated sermon. You know, they turned the heater up real hot. They had a fog machine going. You're like, you don't want to go here. Don't go to hell. You know what? I mean, yes, it's intense. But listen, I want you to understand something. Jesus preached about hell a lot. Why? Because it's a very real place and people really go there. But it's more than just a place. It's also being away from the presence of God. He longs to have a relationship with you. But here's what I want you to understand and get out of the words of Jesus. He's saying there are two distinct seeds. There is weed and there is wheat. There's either weeds or there's wheat. That's it. That's it. And there will come a time where there will be a separation between the two. But here's what happens. When you go back to that original tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you trusting in your own works, you trusting in you wanting to do things in your own strength, here's what begins to happen. You will modify your behavior long enough to not do what you shouldn't do. But you will not produce wheat. But when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he transforms who you are from the inside out, what begins to happen is now there is transformation because of an experience with Jesus. You long for a relationship with him, and he transforms you from the inside out. It's not an external attempt to try and change who you are from the outside in. That will never work. That won't work. That, that's not going to be the way to see transformation change in your life. So what do we learn? What do we recognize? What do we see from weeds and wheat? What can we learn from that? As Jesus is sharing and, and giving us this parable, here's the first thing that we, we pull away and learn from this is we have to recognize the difference between the wheat and the weed is the seed. The difference between the two comes down to the seed. The seeds that are in the soil, the seed that is in our life. Okay, so what does that actually look like? What does that mean? Let's admit it. 
We're designed to be wheat, but we all start out as weeds. God intended for us to all be wheat, but because of sin and sin coming into the world and the choice that Adam and Eve made, now the reality is we're all weeds. And you're thinking, man, I feel real encouraged. I came to church. What would you learn at church today? I realized I'm a weed. Feel real good about myself. Where's the roundup, you know? We are all, we, we all start out that way. This is where we all begin. But it's hard to recognize. And if we're really honest with ourselves, we don't always recognize that there's a little bit of weed inside of each of us. There's weeds that are growing, and we've got to recognize that what begins to happen is there's something that has to be transformed from the inside out. You see, when you look at the difference between wheat and weed, there was actually a mimic weed that's called Darnell that actually grows up in the midst of wheat. And it looks a lot like wheat, but there's this little ear that grows just before the harvest. And what's unique about this weed is that people would actually plant the seeds of this weed amongst the wheat, and during the Roman Empire, it was illegal to do so because what happened is this weed is toxic, just like sin. It's toxic, and in fact... Darnell in Latin actually means drunk. It would cause people to hallucinate and to, to, to be sick and, and the toxicity inside of their body would impact who they are. You see, the weed and the wheat looks real similar. But there is a difference. There's a difference. So what does Jesus show us about this? What do we recognize about seeds? What does Jesus tell us about seeds? Well, here's what I want you to understand. It all started with Adam. Adam, he was the first father. He was the first one. That was the origin of it all. And God gave Adam and Eve, he gave Adam specific orders. He gave him a specific command in what to do. And he told him, this is how I want you to operate. This is how I want you to live. This is what I'm asking you to do. Because what happens is there is a perishable seed and an imperishable seed. And this perishable seed we gain from Adam. In fact, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. He says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. You see, there is a perishable and imperishable seed. There is a difference between the two. So, so how do we gain this imperishable seed? This seed that is not going to perish, it's not, it's not going to spoil, it's not toxic. Well, as I said, you look back first at Adam, and you recognize Adam was given a specific command, but he disobeyed God. Remember, there's a seed here. He said, I want to trust in myself. He said, God, not your will be done, my will be done. You asked me not to eat of this tree. I'm going to eat of that tree. I'm going to partake of that fruit. Now there is this sin, this seed of sin because of the first Adam that now is corruptible. It corrupts. It's passed on. And there's this corruption that begins to happen. It's this corruptible seed that Peter's talking about. What is that? That's the weed. That's the weed that begins to grow within our life. But thank goodness for Jesus. Again, we all start out as weeds. We all have this in our life. Let me just make it very clear. I mean, even, I mean you may be thinking, well, you know, you're listening to me going, 
Well, I mean, he just must have just all wheat in his life. He's just so weedy. Got it all figured out. And, you know, I heard him say he'd been serving the Lord for 20 plus years. Maybe just, no, 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 no. There's still moments where if I'm not careful, those weeds will grow up in my life. I had a moment over the last year and a half where, I, I mean, you get frustrated, you're challenged, you're like, what is happening? When you get frustrated or angry, oftentimes they say anger is just a symptom of something under the surface. You start recognizing those things, that frustration that you're going through. Even early on this past week, all of a sudden, it wasn't even the power being out. It wasn't, you know, the heat's off. It wasn't any of the things that were uncomfortable. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, man. Here we go again. What is happening? And I got to go, no, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tend to my attitude. You got to do a little attitude check. You ever had to do that before? Okay, I need to tend to myself. I got, if I'm not careful, weeds are going to grow up. So make no mistake, this is all prone to all of us. There is no perfect person. The only perfect person is Jesus, period. So we all have this nature, this weed in our life, these seeds of this corruptible seed in our life outside of Jesus. But because of Jesus, who is like the second Adam, he comes in. And he didn't live, oh God, not your will, but my will be done. He reversed that. He's in a garden. Just before he goes to die on the cross, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, not my will but thy will be done. He walks in obedience to what his heavenly father had asked of him. And because of that, he dies on the cross for our sins. He pays a price we could not pay. And now there is an incorruptible seed that we have access to so that we might be able to be wheat. You see, this parable, this story is about corruptible and uncorruptible seed. It's about weeds and wheat. And it's about understanding which are you. So you have to recognize the difference between wheat and weed is the seed. But here's the other thing is you have to begin to recognize and see and discover that God's grace allows them to grow together. This is where it really gets hard because you're looking at this illustration. You're going, okay, that makes sense. I've heard that. I've heard the, I've heard the gospel before and I recognize I need Jesus. Without Jesus, weeds. That's what I got in my life. With Jesus, I'm weak. Okay, but here's where it gets hard. You discover that what Jesus is saying is, point two, both of them grow together. They grow together. He didn't say go in and just, boom, uproot the weeds and just, no, no, no. He said let them grow together. That is the goodness of God. You say, whoa, whoa, hold on. Let me wrap my brain around that. Let me, let me recognize that. Let me see what it is that really is trying to be communicated here. Well, we have to recognize there's a couple of extremes that happen. The first extreme is this. You, you self-righteously want to tear down anything that looks like a weed. Anything that looks like a weed. You're going, oh, that's a weed. Let me uproot that. Let me pull that out. Let me, you know. And you think, well, if it looks like a weed, let me get rid of it. Let me get rid of it. Oh, I see a weed in you. I see a weed in you. You are a weed. You're just one big weed. You know, we're just going, boom, we're going to uproot you. You're just coming in. You like me a little bit, little Edward Scissorhands. We're going to prune, cut. You walking around, round up. you just spraying folk all over the place. Weeds. No. God's goodness and grace, he allows them both to grow. He will separate. He doesn't need you to help separate. The time will come when he will be able to separate. And he will separate. But they both grow in the garden. 
Here's the, here's the other extreme. The other extreme is like, oh, we're just all wheat. There's no weed. You ain't got no weed. That's not a problem. No big deal. It's, the re- it's not really a sin. It's not, a, it's not an issue. There's a, no, no, no. There is an issue. And the way you're living and how you're acting and the choices that you're making have implications. Those are weeds, and you are passing that seed on. That corruptible seed, you're going to see it bear fruit in your life. You're going to see it bear fruit in your kids' lives. You're going to see it bear fruit in your children's 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 lives. Because here's the reality, they both grow together. You see, so make no mistake. Being wheat is not your great attendance at Milestone Church. Because you're here every Sunday. Being wheat is not you're a part of a seed small group. Being wheat is not you got a little serve team badge on and you're out here serving. Being wheat is not you out passing out water to everyone. You can be in the garden and still be a weed. The only way to determine the difference is Jesus. You see, I'm going to go back to, I know I skipped it over and I kind of threw them off a little bit, but I want to go back to Romans chapter 5, verse 15. You see, because Paul writes, there's something that happens here because of what Jesus did. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 15, he says, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, what Adam did, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ overflow to many. You see, while both grow in the garden, here's the third thing, and it all culminates in this one point. This is what I want you to get, is that you have to determine if you're wheat or you're weed. Are you wheat or are you weeds? Which one is it? You see, because there is a gift that God gives you. It is a grace gift because of what Jesus did on the cross. And listen, we see that and we go, well, of course, of course I'm wheat. Of course. I mean, I go to church. I have a Bible. I listen to KLTY. I'm in a small group. That doesn't mean you're wheat. Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. Listen, I'm just pre- this is Jesus' words. Y'all don't walk away. You can be, oh man, I, I just kind of, I don't know if I like that little, that little preacher. He's just kind of telling me I'm a weed. And I, don't, I don't want to be told I'm a weed. I'm wheat. No, no, no. This is God's word. This, this right here. See, because we look at this and we try and use it as a window to look at everybody else and what they're not doing. This word right here is a mirror. It's a mirror. For us to look at our own life and recognize, wait a minute, I got, I got some weeds up in, up in here I need to deal with. And you're hearing those words and you're going, man, wheat or weeds, I'm one or the other. I think I'm wheat, but I'm right. Re- I mean, the reality is both grow in the garden. You see, we think, oh, it would be easy to recognize weed from weeds. But what Jesus is saying is they both grow in the garden. They look a lot alike, but you're not going to know till the time comes. And you go, okay, well, okay, then I, I need to work harder. I, I, I need to do more. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be, I'm going to give to charities. I'll even give to my church. I was out here serving. I'm going to do more, do more. You can't do it on your own. 
You can't work your way into it. That's why I said receive. You see, because here's what begins to happen. When you receive Jesus, he transforms you with a new nature and a new seed. You can't make it happen on your own. You can't force it. You can't be good enough. You can't say all the right things. You can't serve enough. It is simply receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior who transforms you from the inside out. And he takes that corruptible seed that you got from the very beginning from Adam and he transforms it to incorruptible seed. And he gives you life and life eternal. And rather than you continuing to live your life trying to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Trusting in yourself, trying to make it happen on your own. You now experience really the tree of life and the seeds that Jesus plants in you and transforms you from the inside out. Which are you? Weeds or wheat? Wheat. 